0: So Rachel? Yeah. Riker enters into a dangerous liaison with a member of an androgynous Janai race who considers herself to only have one gender, a crime in Janai society. Mm. What do you think you're going to get?
1: Well, we'll have a boudoir scene. Oh. They'll be from an affluent society, or maybe she's lower class than the leaders. Riker will be for autonomy and Picard for respecting their culture. And let's say Rowan Wharf will express their opinions and Data will be curious about gender.
0: All right.
2: Rachel watches Star Trek.
3: Captain's Lock, Stardate 45614.6. We have been contacted by an androgynous race called the Janai to investigate the mysterious disappearance of one of their shuttlecraft.
1: So we're joined for this episode, Lucky Us, by Matt Baum, who we've been wanging on about for months, as you all know, as a expert in pop culture, specifically gay pop culture over the eras, or media, bringing Matt in for this suppose it is it a gay episode what's the representation like and what was going on at the time in the early 90s for tv in america
0: we're gonna have matt jump in when we talk concepts but check this out we talked to matt for over a half an hour about lots of stuff lots of star trek lots of gay culture lots of media history of gay representation in media it's pretty great stuff and he is a delight and that's going to be our bonus content this month on patreon and now into the show uh, this episode was written by Jerry Taylor and directed by Robert Shearer. There's a lot to talk about, <laughs> so let's just get into it.
1: Yeah. Having Jerry deal with gender is can be a bit of a bumpy ride, as we've seen in the past. With oh, how she yeah. writes women, so let's go for it. Let's see. The Enterprise is helping the Janai to find a shuttlecraft that has mysteriously disappeared. Three Janai are on the bridge observing the effort. Their uniform, which is worn in two different drab tones, mm-hmm. consists of slouchy boots, blousy trousers, and tunics over polo necks, and topped with a Romulan wig with the fringe cut shorter and forehead ridges. It's quite a look.
0: Yeah, not a very nice look.
1: Not the most flattering.
0: Not flattering.
1: Are they all females playing these characters? Then they've strapped all their breasts.
0: They send out a probe, but that probe also disappears. They realize that they have found. Null space, a pocket providing a cloak and trapping objects. Our main Janai is Soren, who insists on co piloting the rescue shuttle with Riker. Melinda Coulet plays Soren. She played the reporter of Triple A on the A team, and she was in two seasons of Knot's Landing, was the lead in Glitter, and had one off roles in X Files and other TV shows.
1: On the shuttle, doing some prep, Riker clumsily refers to Soren's flight teacher as he. And he's trying to get his head around not using he, she pronouns. Very topical now.
0: It is. Soren says they have a non-gendered pronoun, but there's no equivalent in our language. So we never hear it.
1: So it can't be translated by the universal translator. Uh (laughs) But when that happens, don't they just substitute in the actual word or something? Like a name?
0: Oh, right. Like it would be if the word is jihuahua. They would just say Jhawawa or
1: Soren as in this person's name. Oh,
0: exactly. It would
1: have been nice if we had it so we could use it, but we'll have to just go for they.
0: If they did use a word, it might have been picked up by mainstream culture.
1: Could have given a chance for something less confusing than they. I know there's been other attempts like Z, but that hasn't really picked up as far as I know from my limited vantage point as is not usually the case in our society, Riker's having to unlearn he, she for somebody he's only just met and the whole society he's only just met. He's not having to learn to call somebody by a different pronoun than he used to.
0: Yeah. it's Get just, on with it, Riker. Well, it's just preposterous. Obviously, this is a show made in the early 1990s. Yeah. That in the far future, they're not going to have never met a non-gendered species or, or yeah. intergender. Yeah. or You know what I mean? Like, obviously, this is a television show written in the early 90s and, you know... It's a vehicle for this idea.
1: In 10 forward, Riker gets the replicator to whip up his dad's split pea soup, which is perhaps the least romantic food. (laughs) If either of them are feeling romantic at this point. (laughs) Soren tries to get Riker to explain what makes someone male or female, and we get this.
3: It's hard to grasp the idea of no gender.
4: It is just as hard for us to understand the strange division in your species males and females. You are male. Mm-hmm. Tell me about males. What is it makes you different from females?
3: <sighs> snips and snails and puppy dog tails.
4: You have a dog's tail.
3: It's an old nursery rhyme. Girls are made from sugar and spice, and boys are made from snips and snails.
4: That makes it sound better to be female.
3: It's an old-fashioned way of looking at the sexes. Not to say that there's no real difference between them. Physically, men are bigger, stronger in the upper body. We have different sexual organs. Men can't bear young.
4: And what about feelings or um, emotional attitudes? Are they different?
3: (sighs) Most people think so, but that's the kind of question that would take a lifetime to answer. Let me ask you, what's it like on a planet where the people have no gender?
4: I'm afraid I don't understand.
3: Well, who leads when you dance, if you dance?
4: We do. And who's ever taller leads?
3: Without the battle of the sexes, you probably don't have as many arguments.
4: Just because we don't have gender doesn't mean we don't have conflicts. We are very strong-minded. We love a good fight.
3: From the side of it,
0: there's not that much of a difference between our species. Maybe not. This conversation is interesting because we know, having watched this whole episode, that Soren identifies as female. Yeah. But here she's saying, oh, what's up with these genders? It's so strange to have genders. I don't understand. What what are these genders? Yeah. What does that mean? What's the difference? Because she does know what the difference is because she it feels it and she lives it. It makes me, listening to this conversation, think that maybe the writers didn't think about that when they were writing this part of it. Uh, or
4: yeah,
0: <laughs> or she's just uh, fishing a bit to see mm. what Riker's going to say because she is hoping to express her gender to him.
1: Apart from the creepy kind of nursery rhyme um snips and snails stuff. Riker does a an okay job, I think, here yeah. of <laughs> explaining things. Yeah. I like the part where he asks, Well who leads when you dance? Which is obviously totally preposterously old fashioned. Uh-huh. You know, yeah. I liked that she said, whoever's taller.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's a bit cringe, but Riker is able to explain what type of woman he finds attractive. He oh, says, yeah. I like one who's intelligent and sure of herself. Who I can talk with and get some something back.
1: Get something back. <laughs> I think Jerry thinks she's being kind of cool and progressive there. Instead of just saying someone hot, you know, yeah. with nice legs. But uh-huh. who I can talk to and get something back. It's such a gross old businessman kind of thing to say.
0: <laughs> well, to be fair, you I'm sure you've been on dates or hung out with people that you weren't getting anything back from.
1: Yeah, but it's kind of assuming that... Most women, you wouldn't get anything back. They'd just be arm candy or dumb or something.
0: Maybe I'm going to give Ranker the benefit of the doubt here.
1: <laughs> what does he mean? Some pushback rather than anything
0: back. Well, just you know, somebody that's a that's a good conversationalist. That yeah, he's like not, Troy. Like Troy, yeah, that he isn't with anymore. He does say the important thing. Uh, is that she laughs at his jokes and then Soren laughs.
1: <laughs> uh, even though <laughs> she's been completely straight-faced the entire episode. Yeah. But she's starting to warm up now. It's right. Uh-huh. They head for a rescue attempt and Soren takes it up a notch. Tell me about your sex organs. Uh, <laughs> your mating practices. Soren says the Janai incubate fetuses in husks and both parents inseminate them. I wonder how that works. Where does the fetus come from?
0: Yeah, I don't know. Where does this husk come from?
1: Yeah, they just make the husk.
0: Is it yeah, it might be such an advanced civilization that they don't reproduce naturally anymore, that they mm. need technology to do it.
1: Right. So a so a replicated fetus and then it gets inseminated. I you guess? can't inseminate a fetus? It doesn't make any sense. I don't know. But then again, what do I know? Mm. I'm not a genie. And she says it's less risky and painful, you know, which sounds fair. Yeah. Sounds like a good a- advance. What about pleasure though? asks Riker oh we've got plenty before the husk part that's just the end of it (laughs) don't worry i wonder if we i mean a human and a janai could mate she says but it wouldn't be allowed because the idea of gender is offensive to their people and it's something they've evolved out of Mm. and get the impression from the tone that it's illegal if not severely punishable
0: yeah yeah soren is beamed to sick by after getting knocked over by an engine failure she asks Bev about being a woman and having noticed that women wear longer hair, have more elaborate hairstyles, and color in their faces and nails. Bev ruefully advises that men pretend not to care about being attractive, but they do.
1: Mm. <laughs> I like the observations of Soren here about what differences she's observed between the males, the the men and women. Yeah, it's pretty accurate. They're totally gendered, even though it's the 24th century. Yeah, and they wear uniforms. <laughs> Didn't say anything about body differences, though.
0: No, they don't talk about physical. It it, it seems like it's purely gender identity and not mm. uh, sex, not sex at yeah. all in this episode.
1: And we know from the host that Bev doesn't find women attractive. Yeah, and so she's giving us Jerry's usual old-fashioned rubbish about men versus women.
0: Yeah, yeah. During poker, Worf reveals his his distaste for the whole genderless thing, and Mm. especially Bev's idea that Soren is into Riker.
1: Oh, Worf! They're giving the bigotry to the alien character.
0: Again, I don't don't know if that's quite right, because Mm. they do have female Klingons that serve just as men do, like Klingon Mm. warrior women. Yeah,
1: and they like them to be strong and rough, and you know,
0: so it seemed a little something back. A little, it seemed a little weird that they had Worf doing this, but I guess.
1: Dawn manages to play it in a way that it's just kind of Worf working through something rather than being a bigot.
0: Did ask why the genderless thing is a problem, and then Worf just changes the subject.
1: Yeah, really subtly back to what cards he's got. <laughs> I'm actually starting to enjoy some of these poker games finally <laughs> after five seasons. I seem to have a purpose now. Back on the shuttle, Sorin reveals that the Janai consider identifying as one gender as a criminal perversion requiring correction. And here's where we start, if we haven't already, to become an allegory for um for being gay. And of course, for being trans. Well, but yeah. we know but we know that the writers were attempting a gay episode here. Yes. Sorin says I identify as female and confesses that she has relationships with male Janai in secret, and she finds Riker hot.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Also, a bearded LaForge is briefly featured.
0: Yeah, I was reading about that and LeVar Burton wanted to have a beard for the show, mm. but the execs just didn't like it. So this is one of a few attempts that happened throughout the rest of the show where they just let him grow a beard and shoot an episode and then mm-hmm. wait. And for, they put it back. back on yeah. the floor. Um, but in the new Picard, Star Trek Picard, geordie has got a beard. Hey,
1: he gets his own way. Yeah, It's hard to get used to someone in a beard if you haven't. Had one before, mm-hmm. but it did feel like it was quite a lot going on with the visor.
0: Oh, And I then the beard's
1: looked... so manicured, you know.
0: I really liked his with the beard. I thought he'd look good with it's it. it's
1: hot either way, but maybe <laughs> I'll get used to it. Maybe I won't, because they won't let well, me. But then I to they.
0: let you get used to it now.
1: Riker and Sorin find the missing shuttle and beam the crew to sickbay. Riker is invited to a celebration on their planet, and he and Soren go for a stroll and
0: kiss. Mm-hmm. He goes to tell Troy about it for reassurance that their friendship... Uh, will survive, him and Troy's. Hmm,
1: weird. It's not uh, exactly it's the first time he's kissed someone, is it?
0: No, or had sex. But it seems like he's having serious feelings huh. for Soren here. After one day? After two days,
1: two days? Maybe. Classic.
0: <laughs> Again, this <laughs> crazy trope of people falling head over heels. Yeah. I'm going to change my life for somebody in two days.
1: Yeah. It's been a long time since they've been together, too. Yeah.
0: Uh, think, is it
1: because they've been friends with Ben's this whole time? And he's so. kind of going to disband that
0: i think maybe that's what's going on yeah
1: they seal their platonic relationship with a kiss on the
0: lips (laughs) it's kind of well maybe they're just you know open-minded about that stuff and they could things in the 24th century are more (laughs) loosey-goosey
1: yeah why is he having the conversation i don't know
0: i don't know (laughs) unfortunately we find out that soren has been arrested Mm. he bursts into the proceedings the trial that's going on i can't believe that they already had this thing underway where's the the bureaucracy on this planet yeah where's the
1: preparation of a case of a lawyer of a you know of a defense yeah all that stuff maybe this is the only crime they've got
0: Riker comes in and says that he forced himself on her and she turned him down so he was being the aggressor Mm. and saying that he was confused about gender and and he's going to take all the blame but Soren says something else
4: I am tired of lies I am female I was born that way I have had those feelings, those longings all of my life. It is not unnatural. I am not sick because I feel this way. I do not need to be helped. I do not need to be cured. What I need And what all of those who are like me need is your understanding and your compassion. We have not injured you in any way. And yet we are scorned and attacked and all because we are different. What we do is no different from what you do. We talk and laugh. We complain about work. And we wonder about growing old. We talk about our families. And we worry about the future. And we cry with each other when things seem hopeless all of the loving things that you do with each other. That is what we do. And for that we are called misfits and deviants and criminals. What right do you have to punish us? What right do you have to change us? What makes you think you can dictate how people love each other?
1: Oh, oh so disappointing because it looks like Noah, the leader, is being convinced yeah. by this quite lovely, empathic speech yeah. about what it might feel like from a straight woman's perspective, to be
0: gay. Yeah, I, I've heard similar speeches like this done uh, from, you know, gay characters and stories. Yeah, so I don't it, think
1: it's breaking any ground, even no. in the early '90s. But it, it was still sweet.
0: Yeah, no, no, it was it was well done. I uh, it, it's a bit late, obviously, for Star Trek. I feel like Star mm. Trek is a, it should have been something that was breaking boundaries, but it really it was a little behind the curve. But yeah. we'll talk about that in concepts.
1: I think they were fairly early doing the doing an interracial kiss in the 60s. Yeah,
0: New Trek is didn't keep dropping up with the that. Barrel.
1: Didn't keep up with themselves. No. And I also appreciated Riker attempted to cover for Soren, but Soren was just like I can't do this anymore. Yeah. I can't live a lie. Although maybe Soren could have got on board the Enterprise and had asylum. Ditched that place. I don't yeah. know if mm-hmm. if she'd uh, gone along with Riker's lie. Well, Riker begs for asylum for Soren on the Enterprise, but they won't have it. We're kind, says Noor. Sorin's sick and it's our obligation to cure them. We have a very high success rate with this conversion therapy, essentially. Mm-hmm. Riker takes it to Picard, who's in the episode, Yeah, who offers to negotiate with Noor, but warns Riker not to go rogue and ruin his career, breaking the prime directive. Cue song. <laughs> We've blundered in to help a play race. It was okay to fix their ship. So I made space methadone. John Luke to save Famke from false diplomatic marriage. Turns out she wanted to bone, but now he's given her up to keep two worlds at peace. Good riddance, keep your hands off by John
0: Luke. Oh, I love that song. Picard says this. He's doing it with a wink. You know, your career is going to get hosed, but, you know, I can't stop you if you're going to go down there and do that.
1: Oh, I didn't get that at all. Oh,
0: absolutely. Watch the scene again, for sure.
1: Huh. I thought Riker was cross with Picard for not backing him up.
0: No, no. He's saying you're going to get kicked out of Starfleet, but maybe this is worth getting kicked out of Starfleet for. That was what was going on. There's definite subtext that Picard is saying, look, I'm not going to stop you from doing this. You know, I'm not going to. So if you think it's the right thing to do, do it.
1: Right, okay. Didn't get that from it at all.
0: I I totally get it. Watch watch (laughs) the scene again. I think you would, on your fourth watching I'm not going to do that. that. (laughs) (laughs) Riker is preparing some kind of heist to rescue Soren here. And then Worf comes into the office. He's got a little twinkle in his eye. (laughs)
1: He's got like a glitter ball in his eyes. Yeah. (laughs) He's really up for it.
0: As my commanding officer, I'd have to stand down, but... If you don't command me, then I'm going with you. Yay! And the is like, yeah, all right, let's do this. So they go down to the planet, not in uniform. So it's okay. Yeah. They get Soren away from a security group. They punch them and attack them, mm. which I can't believe there's no fallout from that.
1: Oh, right, yeah. Oh, Wolf <laughs> actually gets to overcome someone. Yeah. I'm pleased with that.
0: <laughs> he wins a fight. Two what? people, I think. They get Soren away.
1: Well, the whole time she's kind of going, no, 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 just... No, I, I, I can't do this.
0: Yeah. And finally, once they stop and talk, Soren says, oh, no, actually, I'm better now. I was, I don't know what I was thinking before. That was crazy. Oh. I have no gender. Yeah. it, it was I was sick and now I'm better. Mm. And Riker says, I love you. And they say, I'm sorry. And then just walks away. Oh. Uh, that's the end.
1: They've had the psychotectic treatment already.
0: Yeah. We end with this scene on the bridge. Come on up. Captain. Starfleet has sent a
3: message asking us to proceed to the Phelan system to negotiate a trade agreement. Yes, sir. I didn't know when to tell them we would be there. Is our business with the Chennai finished? Finished, sir. Very well. Ensign, take us out of orbit. Set a course for the Phelan system, warp six.
1: Aye, sir. Engage. Engage. So,
2: concepts. Yeah.
1: Welcome, Matt.
2: Thank you so much. Delighted to be here.
1: Have you recently watched that episode?
2: Probably, I would say maybe like a year or two ago. um, I refreshed my memory because, like you said, I cover a lot of pop culture and history, particularly from a gay perspective or queer perspective. And a lot of folks have asked me to talk about this episode. And it's a lot more Mm. um, rich than I remembered, you know, from when I initially saw it back in the 90s. Um, there, there's, there is a lot to say about it. Um, both, I think, both good, bad, and um, a- ambiguously good and bad. So, yeah, it's, I, it's a, it's a wonderful piece of media, and I'm, I'm so glad that we're going to get to talk about it.
0: Uh, this was released in 1992. Mm-hmm. So, what was the landscape of gay and LGBT representation in media? around that time.
2: What an interesting time. It was quite mixed. There was a lot of good and bad happening at that time. Uh, You know, the first thing that comes to mind is on the Golden Girls, uh, just to pick a a show that was pretty iconic of of the era. Mm -hmm. They had done a lot of actually really great, mostly gay representation. Uh, They had a lesbian character. They had a recurring gay brother for Blanche. They had an episode just before this aired. The Golden Girls had an episode just before the Star Trek episode uh, where they really go quite in-depth on same-sex marriage. And so there was some really good stuff happening on TV. But 1992 was also a presidential election year. And... Often around political campaigns, there is a lot of rhetoric, and particularly this year around, you know, both, that, that was both positive and negative. Uh, 92, there was a lot of attention being paid to gays in the military and marriage because a lawsuit had just been filed in Hawaii about that. And of course, the HIV epidemic. And so um, queer people were visible in a way that they really hadn't before. But it was also seen as so controversial and divisive still that a lot of TV shows just didn't have the courage to tackle it as a topic. Mm -hmm. So you might see very infrequent characters or you might see at best straight characters talking about gays without actually having them on the show. Mm -hmm. This is something that the show Cheers actually did a lot is they often had people talking about gays but never actually giving any dialogue to to real gay people. So um, there were a few shows that were bold enough to do something queer. the Golden Girls is one uh, around this time. Roseanne also had some gay episodes and recurring gay characters. This was also around the beginning of what came to be known this phenomenon as as sort of the the sweeps week lesbian kiss mm-hmm. episode where they'd have like a character go lesbian for like one episode and then go right back uh, so. It was a real tipping point, I would say. There have been a lot of tipping points on television. But this was a tipping point where um, TV was trying to decide how gay it could be uh, in 92. It's a question that television would uh, grapple with many times over the preceding and ensuing decades. So anyways, Next Generation was, um, I think, being fairly bold with this attempt, let's call it.
1: Do check out Matt's video or videos about the Golden Girls. Do you have one on Roseanne as well?
2: I do have one on Roseanne Mm -hmm. and on Rock, which I believe had done the same-sex marriage episode just either just prior to this or just after it. It was gay stuff in the air, literally being broadcast. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Um, But it was very tentative at this time.
1: By season five, the show had become the subject of several letter-writing campaigns demanding the inclusion of non-heterosexual relationships. Rick Berman said they wrestled with a lot of storylines and came up with a very obvious metaphor to the gay community and the intolerance they receive on this planet. He said they tried not to be too influenced by what the audience would find acceptable, but felt that having Riker kiss a male actor would have pushed it too far considered it but yeah they didn't go for it and Frake said they should have if they were trying to do what they called a gay episode yeah it would have made so much difference oh it made
0: a huge difference and he and he was up for it he was totally going to do it too at least he said yeah retrospectively I think <laughs> yeah. he would have
1: done it yeah what do you think of the decision to portray all the characters with actresses
2: I think what we're seeing in the episode is a television misunderstanding that was pretty common, uh, in decades past that sort of conflates gender expression and sexual orientation, um, you know, the, mm. if they were attempting to make a gay episode, um, they actually kind of sort of made a trans episode by accident. Yes. Yeah. Uh, which also, you know, is great. Let's make a trans episode, yes. please. Let's mm. go there, too. Yeah. But Much more progressive at the time. Yeah. So the show, is it all actresses? Are there any male Maybe actors? Maybe in the background
0: they might have some male cast, but Suddenly all the, the, the speaking roles are, are all female. Yeah. yeah.
2: It's so interesting because, I mean, for one thing, Star Trek does have a bit of a history of doing that. In in the Cage, the the very the pilot mm-hmm. of of the original series, right. uh, they have an alien species that's all played by women but voiced by men um, to give them sort of an otherworldly alien quality. And, and so I think that gives you sort of some insight into how television thought of um, androgyny or gender neutrality or whatever uh, thought of it as something like inhuman or alien um mm-hmm. and you know obviously we that is not how what we would how we would consider those 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 aspects of a person today yeah. but you know it's just something that was going on t- going on with tv at the time mm-hmm. and also i you know i think it it also defangs a little bit some of the opposition that they might have encountered to riker falling in love with one of these aliens if the person portraying that character is a woman well then we don't really have a same sex kiss we don't have a same sex romance mm-hmm. The protests might not be as vociferous. Um,
1: Yeah, and they don't even have a non-binary kiss mm. with Riker at that point because she's already said, I identify as female. So we still don't have anything other than him kissing an alien, which we've had
2: before, right? Who's to say whose call it was? But we do know, I think, that, that Rick Berman was very protective of the show my sense of rick berman's um ambition is that he was not as focused on social progressive Mm. causes as gene was yeah
1: Uh, more focused on the show's success
2: i think so and you know there's obviously a balance you know if you get canceled you can't tell these stories at all so (laughs) i get it but there had been same-sex kisses on tv at this point so Mm. come on jerry taylor
1: asked to write this one enjoying touching people's buttons she said She said, as a woman, I know what it's like to be disenfranchised and powerless. She wanted to make a statement for tolerance, broad mindedness and acceptance. But they felt they had to do it in an allegorical way for it to be acceptable enough. And in doing so, they kind of cut the ovaries off it, didn't
0: they? Yeah. Now, this episode was unintentionally about being a trans person. And and thinking back to this time, you know, 92, uh, I was a young man and... A, a trans person wasn't even something in our vocabulary. It's, it's this, you know, this white stray guy. I think yeah. that the writers probably didn't even think about hmm. this in that way at all.
2: Yeah, I, I would agree with that. Um, and you know, I, I also want to qu- qualify what I'm saying uh, by you know acknowledging that I'm not trans, so I'm not speaking from a place of of personal expertise or, or personal experience. Mm. But I can say contextually on television that TV has a long history of misunderstanding um, sexual orientation and gender identity. A-, a group that probably had a great understanding of those issues was actual trans people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But due to the stigma of the time, they were not given a voice, they weren't consulted. Sure. You know, There was a lot of stuff being made about trans people without including them in the creation process. Mm. And that certainly seems to be the case with this episode of Next Generation. This would have been a great opportunity for them to say, to GLAD or you know any any number of LGBTQ organizations, hey, could could you tell us if we're if we're getting it here? Yeah. Is this right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I think there would have been you know people who would easily have been able to say, hey, you know what you should do differently. You know what you did by accident. You know? <laughs> yeah. Right. This is. I think this episode really indicates why it's so important to have diverse voices in the mm-hmm. room. Yes, yeah. which I
1: presume is finally the case for Star Trek more recent years.
0: It certainly seems to be, yeah. Yeah. I mean they had scientific advisors on yes. next generation. <laughs> yes. So they they did go out to people and ask, mm. you know, does this sound so, yeah, so not, why not why not yeah.
2: talk to people about Exactly. It. Yeah, if they could have somebody advising them on like corp, uh, quantum physics and warp yeah. fields. Yeah. You know, yeah. It's not as complicated folks. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> really.
1: And they're helping them to extrapolate what might come in hundreds of mm-hmm. years time, but but instead we've got Jerry Taylor just trying her best with this (laughs) script on her own as a straight woman, as this woman, without consulting. We've got the psychotactic treatment for people who identify as having a gender.
2: The allegory to ex-gay you know, call it what you will. I don't like to call it therapy because it isn't mm-hmm. right.
1: So-called conversion therapy, yeah. I, I yeah, think of abuse. it as abuse. Yeah. Not only the premise that it needs to be done for the person to be acceptable, yeah, but the process of it and the outcome.
2: The episode ends on quite a bummer. And mm-hmm. it's Ugh. something that um, a lot of queer viewers objected to at the time, that the character who you could describe as queer, although obviously they don't use that term on the show, but that this character essentially sees the light and is like, oh, no, 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 I, I'm going to conform. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, oh, it's, I, I think it is sad, but um, I think as drama, as as a tragic ending, mm-hmm. I think, dramatically, I think that conclusion works. I think as a cautionary tale, is because as an audience member, at least, I feel really sad for that character, and I feel really sad for Riker mm-hmm. yeah. losing someone who's important to him.
1: Yeah, he and fell in love hope, with her. my
2: hope, exactly, yeah, 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 my hope is that an audience might see that and reconsider if they think that, you know, conversion practices are somehow legitimate that they might see why they are so harmful and tragic.
1: And lots of love to anybody who has ever had to go through anything near conversion therapy oh my God. and, of course, the lack of acceptance from society, family,
0: mm-hmm. friends
1: for their sexuality or gender identity. Mm-hmm. Soren told Riker about a classmate who had been rumored to to have a gender identity and had been mercilessly bullied, and then they had to claim to be cured and grateful in front of the whole school. Or they were cured, in inverted commas. Mm -hmm. That was a formative experience for Sorin of what it might be like to admit to the identity that she already had.
0: Yeah, she did not want to go through that process. It was... uh
1: Kept a, her in the closet.
0: It was a
2: fear. I think there's a parallel. There's there's a mirror universe where, <laughs> but uh-huh. not an evil one, a better <laughs> one. Uh-huh. Where this episode ends with what I would have wanted to see, which is members of that society. You know, maybe this one character um, that Rikers fall in love with. Maybe they are you know, subsumed into this this uh, conformist um, treatment. Um, but I would like to see other members of that society indicate that. We're the ones who are going to have to solve this problem. Mm -hmm. Thank you, Riker, for your help. Thank you for trying to Mm. do your contributions and essentially be an ally. Yeah. Um, But something about Riker beaming down with a rogue away party to save the day Mm -hmm. um, feels a little bit like the myth of the straight man throwing the first brick at Stonewall. Sure. (laughs) I would have liked to have seen, you know, this is our culture. We are the ones who are going to need to take the lead on uh, expanding inclusivity and diversity. Um, and thank you <laughs> outsiders for coming down and trying to show us the light, but we're going to take it from you. I would have liked it to end yeah. on a somewhat help, hopeful note of there are liberation groups on this planet and one person might not have made it all the way, but there are others who will take up the mantle. That's yeah. what I would like to have seen. Yeah. Love that. That,
0: that That reflects my reality as as a queer person. Pillar said that unlike the Masterpiece Society and Ethics, they weren't bothered about presenting more than one side to the subject, Mm. saying there isn't one that's easily supportable. Bigotry is bigotry.
1: Yeah, I appreciate that. Yeah. Yeah. We had Worf briefly touching on it, but not really. Uh, And Picard kind of saying you can't interfere,
0: but. Not really. Were they brave enough? I don't think so. Uh, They did receive many letters, some from social conservatives, but also objections from the gay community who thought the episode didn't go far enough. They noted that homosexuality wasn't even mentioned.
1: And if they had a male actor play Soren, that would at least have been, Mm -hmm. uh, they might not have felt able to do two guys kissing or Riker kissing a man, but maybe they could have been in love at least.
0: Yeah. And they also didn't show any of the non-gendered, aliens in an intimate relationship. They didn't show any of them yeah. holding hands or.
1: Right. Yeah. Surely a basic thing to mm-hmm. have had two genderless people, but both played by women in a relationship. Yeah. Yeah. They could have had a crew person come out or introduce a new gay character. Given that there were gay storylines in other TV at the time, mm-hmm. it's a shame that this gay character had to be made straight at the end, allegorically
2: speaking, yeah.
1: and is a tragic figure
2: the tragic gay is certainly that that remained a trope for a long long time <laughs> yeah. um, even going back to like the 1950s when if a gender variant character appeared on something it was generally in the context of they're a murderer or a criminal or they're you know dangerous they're they're going to die horribly <laughs> one of those you know yeah. anything queer ends in death was sort of the the vibe and um it's not great. It's not great to yeah. see Star Trek kind of veering close to to that yes. um,
1: representation, but of a very particular soul destroying yeah. kind. Well, and, either either the tragic figure or the predatory figure. Whether yeah, it's a trans yeah. or a queer person, and at least they didn't go there. It wasn't that she mm-hmm. had tricked him. And,
2: That's a good point because there certainly is that trope of like, "Haha, tricked you on trans," or you know, <laughs> something like that, which is just dreadful. Yes, there there's certainly room. For queer villains, I love. There's a queer yeah. villain, um, or at least a villain played by a queer person on uh, Strange New Worlds. I am thrilled. I love it. But there's got to be more. There's <laughs> there's got to be room for queer joy as well. Yes. Uh, yes. And, and again, like I'm very happy to see that finally, finally coming to Star Trek. Yeah. Better late than never.
1: It's a shame that we know this was their attempt to answer the call for gay storylines, because rather than feeling weak and dated, it would have been ahead of its time in terms of gender identity issues. And non-binary people. Although for their society, the Janai, Soren was queer or trans, essentially. For Riker's society, she was a woman and he was a man and nothing, except for being alien, nothing outside of his um, realm of experience, although we don't know sex-wise what the situation mm-hmm. was. So I wonder how that impacted how progressive of an episode it was and whether they were still telling the story they were men- meaning to tell.
2: Yeah, you know, I think you bring up an interesting point, which is, and, and this is um, beyond my experience to to really talk about, but I think um, there's, this episode exposes the subjectivity of gender culturally mm. that in one context, in the Janai context, the, the alien, so-called alien context on the show, um, this is a character who is Uh, uh, something wrong with them, and they're they're gendered in a way that is unacceptable. You know, in the the context of, here we are in the Enterprise, oh, look, a woman. Mm -hmm. And no big deal, nothing unusual, this is just totally normal. It explores something, or maybe doesn't explore enough, how interesting it is that, um, depending on the point of view that you bring to um, gendered interactions, a person's interpretation of them can be very different based on, you know, their background and the the culture that
0: they come from.
1: Yeah. I'm not sure what gender means to her, or to the Janai.
0: And also they don't really go into their sex organs as as well. They just talk about this husk inseminating a husk thing. Yeah. We don't know if Soren is bi- what Soren's sex is or if they have a sex. Yeah. Cuz they say that they're a non-gendered society, maybe they were implying that they all had the same sex as well as gender.
1: Yeah, yeah. They certainly had sexual pleasure, but we don't know if they all had the same organs are what
0: or yeah how that worked
1: yeah with gender being a construct if you grow up without that then what is it to identify as a gender what what does that mean bev explains that for their society to be a woman is to wear eye makeup Mm -hmm. um do your hair fancy for the Janai, they're all dressed exactly the same they're all wearing the same hairstyle for some bizarre yeah. reason. So what does it mean to now identify as a woman? Does it mean a certain role in the relationship? Does it mean you like certain hobbies? What Yeah. What does it mean and what what differentiates that from being
0: non-gendered? And yeah. Yeah. I, I that's it, it a,
1: doesn't get explored, does it? They
0: don't really go into it, but then again, this is only a 44-minute show, so you don't really have a lot of time to Mm. To delve into the specifics of it, it's almost forward-thinking in a strange way because it is talking about gender identity, uh, not allegorically. <laughs> you know, like actually, like this is is something people are going with their gender. They're, they feel like that they are a different gender or that they're non-gendered. Mm-hmm. And well, I don't think that was really talked about in the 90s at all. Of course, there are
1: communities where this was well known and well explored. Oh yeah, no, but no, no th- not yeah. on mainstream TV. No.
2: Another thing that I think might have improved this episode, not to like do rewrites <laughs> sure. like that, yeah. I would have liked to have seen something a little more like the episode Measure of a Man when you have an agent of Star- Starfleet who's questioning Data's humanity. Mm-hmm. I would have liked to have seen a schism within Starfleet about the sexuality of beings that they encounter.
1: I know they have said that they want to imagine a world where there is no homophobia. Mm-hmm. It's gone beyond that. But in doing that, it's also a cop-out because then you don't have yep. to... Portray any conflict that people really were experiencing then.
0: And also, we had null space as a concept in this episode. <laughs> yeah.
1: I mean, can anyone remember that in amongst all of this? Yeah, who cares? But it was the first time they'd ever discovered it. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. we had so does that. So we always rate our episodes for concepts, entertainment, sexiness.
0: On a scale of one to 10. I would rate this
2: episode highly. Um... For its ambition and Mm -hmm. for its its goals, whether it achieved them. You know, if this was an episode that was setting out to do, we're going to do our gay episode. I think it kind of stumbles. But as a show at the time that was essentially sticking its neck out with content that was pretty rare on television. um, I, you know, I have to applaud them for the attempt and Mm. um, maybe dock them a few points for not talking to people whose actual lived experiences they were reflecting, whether they realized it or not. So yeah. I don't know. I think, I'd, I think I'd give it a six or seven. 6.5
0: somewhere in there, yeah. Obviously, we're talking about it so much. This has mm. got to be pretty sky high. Uh, so I'm going to give it a nine.
1: Yeah, yeah. Not. I mean, a lot of disappointment in there.
0: Yeah, that's why it's not a 10. Yeah. It doesn't handle it well.
1: But thought-provoking.
0: Super thought-provoking, yeah. But,
1: yeah, but I think I'm going to have to dock them for a week
0: Disappointing attempt. Okay, I think you've sold me. I'm going to go down to an eight.
1: Which will influence entertainment as well. But I'm going to give a seven for concepts. Thank you so much, Matt.
2: I want you to push your your book. Well, so I've got a book coming out in about a month. It's about the history of queer characters on American sitcoms. It's called Hi, Honey, I'm Homo, tracing the evolution of characters from the, let's say, the dark days of uh, Bewitched and kind of in the middle of the 20th century, Mm -hmm. uh, the evolution of characters uh, finally coming out of the closet, maybe stumbling a bit sometimes, as they do in this episode, uh, but becoming more and more prominent and having more and more diverse lives. And it's also got all the behind-the-scenes details about how that stuff happened. I've got interviews with some great folks who contributed to those shows. I got to interview some of the people behind um, Arrested Development and Ellen and uh, Golden Girls. I interviewed Norman Lear, which was a real thrill. Mm-hmm. So I've got the uh, insider insider look at how those characters came to exist and also the impact that they had in America. Because, you know, we might look at sitcoms and be like, haha, they're just silly, frivolous shows that I like to laugh at. Um, but that comedy was able to slip some subversive queer messages in front of millions of people mm-hmm. and uh, really changed the course of American history. So anyway, that's coming out May 23rd, 2023. Hi, honey, I'm homo is the title and you can get it for pre order at GaySitcoms.com. And your listeners may be interested to hear, I just released a video about George Takei, his yes. life and times, his incredible career uh, from Star Trek to um, you know, real life American hero. Yeah. Uh, so anyway, just just released a George Takei video that touches a lot on original series.
1: Yeah. And if you're already one of our Patreon supporters, then just pop over to Matt's Patreon and you can have bonus content on that as well. We covered so much more with Matt than we've got time for here. We talked about genes, ideals for the show, how bold and ahead of its time TOS was about race and anti-bigotry, and the hopes that being ahead of the curve would have continued into TNG. We discussed Let That Be Your Last Battlefield, George Takei's attempts to advocate for gay representation during TOS,
0: we talked about Beb and the host. We talked about Dax on Deep Space Nine, uh, Discovery, A Strange New Worlds, uh, Jody on soap. Uh, Rachel finds out that, uh, spoiler alert, Colbert comes back.
1: <laughs> Yay! <laughs>
0: And we talk about the Federation's open-mindedness when it comes to loving an android, light being, silicone-based life form, whatever.
1: All of that and loads more. So join us on bonus content to hear the full conversation with Matt. As a special treat and a big thanks to Matt for being on the show, we've put this bonus content on Patreon for free. So you don't even have to pay. Just pop over to patreon.com forward slash Rachel Star Trek and listen to that. Entertainment. Well, it's mostly just freaks and Cullen this episode Mm -hmm. and they play it well i think yeah i enjoyed the writing for the most part yeah it's dated now and jerry's a classic at writing unintentionally misogynist dialogue (laughs) and the whole thing was disappointing as their gay episode if you take that premise and then try and write a good episode i think they i think she did a decent job not a great job but i can't it is 30 years later but it certainly felt dated Jerry said it's the episode of the whole two years of which she's the most proud. Hmm. Michael Piller thought this episode was a turning point in the season. We started doing excellent television again. (laughs) Well, finally. (laughs) (laughs) Some nice comedic stuff from Worf. Yeah. The portrayals felt real. Yeah. It wasn't necessarily enjoyable. Why would it be? No. It wasn't always compelling. No. But it was okay. Overall, disappointed to hear the backstory to it Yeah. just show some representation anything, a gay character, somebody from the community any real exploration of what somebody might be going through and they're doing it in an allegorical way which means that they can give it more depth and more time and Soren can give us this speech about what it's like to be gay, really in in this allegory, and you know a lovely empathic one, but nothing Mm -hmm. anyone hadn't heard before at that point I presume
0: So so for entertainment, uh, it was interesting more than just an average episode of Star Trek, so I'm going to give it a six.
1: Yeah, I'm going to go for a five. I feel I've got to dock it for letting everyone down.
0: Yeah. Sexiness? Well, we've
1: never had so much frank questioning about dongs and (laughs) sex, how how it happens, you know, so that's good. And in spite of the disgusting outfit and the wig, she was still very pretty and alluring, wasn't she? Yeah. Just got one of those... Manners and faces. Yeah. So, I don't know. 3.5. I'll
0: go up to 3.5 because of Jordy's beard. There you go. Because I, th- <laughs> I thought he looked great. Yeah. Stupid experts.
1: Well, we had Riker going down and breaking the prime directive.
0: Well, that's not stupid expert. That's just him being stupid in love. Stupid in love. Yeah. Yeah. And he's willing to throw all that away for... I mean, w- wouldn't you? If there was something... If somebody was going to die?
1: Mm-hmm. Well...
0: in in his mind who essentially they were yeah who they were would be dead wouldn't you willingly throw up throw out your job to save somebody's life especially somebody I cared about
1: yeah but he's blundering into a society he knows very little about and uh it doesn't work that way
0: yeah I don't I give it a zero on stupid experts I don't think anybody was stupid I think it was he was just being human
1: falling in love in a couple of days
0: (laughs) (laughs) that's bad writing Uh, yeah (laughs) I'll give it a one uh uh, your guesses?
1: Thought we'd have a boudoir scene. No. No. Uh, that they'd be an affluent society or she'd be lower class than the leaders. No, no. seemed all pretty equal. Although the leader did have a really awesome headdress. Yeah. Made out of kind of cut out suede. It looked cool. Yeah. Thought Riker would be for autonomy and Picard for respecting culture.
0: Ish. Kind of, yeah.
1: Thought Roe no Not and war an yes would express their opinions and data will be curious about gender very
0: briefly yeah
1: <laughs> thought there would have been more data than about two words mm-hmm. could have been cool but i guess they didn't really have time for yeah. it so join us on bonus content to hear the full conversation with matt as a special treat and a big thanks to matt for being on the show we've put this bonus content on patreon for free so you don't even have to pay just pop over to patreon.com forward slash rachel watches star trek and listen to that
0: i want to thank some patrons
1: Alan Ricks is now a Lieutenant Commander. Congratulations on your promotion. Thank you.
0: I want to welcome some new patients, Lieutenant Faith Briggs.
1: Welcome. uh, welcome.
0: Lieutenant Octavio. Great. uh, Lieutenant Geo Bravo. Okay. Lieutenant Bernhard Frohler.
1: Welcome. And thanks to all of you. And welcome Ensign John LaSala and Ensign Moritz. Thank you to our producer, Rafe Ball. I'm Chris Lackey. And I'm Rachel Lecking.
0: And you've been listening to...
1: Rachel Watches Star Trek.
2: Rachel watches Star Trek